Citizens of the Verse, today is February 9th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Keep Crashing on the Desk... Uh, Ah, oh, see, I screwed stuff. that up. Uh, I never, I never screw it up. That's all right, Mister. Keep on crashing on the main screen. Check off. Say hello. Check off. No crashing to the desktop, but three hours straight. And yes, hello. Thank you. Is it's working for you tonight, though, right? Yes, I'm in. Excellent. I'm in. That's good. Around. Not. A, it, it's a hack. It's not a complete fix. You're Nvidia, a hack. <laughs> and, hey, Nvidia drivers are completely broken. But I'm in. I just turned them off. Well, that's great. Um, we have another content-heavy and exciting week for everyone. So get your bombers out and target long. Oh my goodness! I'm like oh. really off today. Apparently, get your bombers out and target lock that capital ship. It's time to start the show. All right. Uh, I think it's time for <laughs> gin and tonic before we move. Uh, you know, I haven't yeah, been drinking this week, oh, so that could be that it. Explains it all. Yeah. Um, normally I'm a little bit more, uh, loose, you know, um, but tonight we have a new guest on the show, uh, the one, the only action Zach action Zach. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, excellent. It's great to have you. Um, so as is customary with all of our guests, we really uh, like it. If you just briefly introduce yourself and tell us about your favorite thing to do in star citizen. Uh, I'm Action Zach. Uh, my favorite thing to do uh, at the moment is probably mining with everybody else. Uh, it's fun to collaborate. Uh, and I've been involved with Reed for about four weeks now. I'm on the logistics crew, and I'm just really excited to to get it to getting organized with uh, the leader that we have now and and seeing where where it all goes from here awesome you've only been in read for four weeks uh, maybe it's been longer than that wow. actually I mean, yeah i know it's been longer than that maybe four months is what i meant to uh, say <laughs> well there you go see i'm not alone mm-hmm. tonight <laughs> uh, well um that's awesome yeah i mean if i i felt like you were there for longer but you know what Time is an illusion these days, so um, who knows? Well, um, I'm curious to know, uh, you know, what have you been up to this week, um, you know, in the verse? Zach, what have you been doing? Well, one thing that was really exciting was uh, the vent. And I'm, I'm sure everybody listening is probably, mm-hmm. uh, if you're playing Star Citizens, you've probably made some pretty good memories during this event. Uh, but what what stands out the most to me is just stable play. And it's it's blowing my mind. It's making me want to log on to this game on a more regular basis. It's almost like a love-hate relationship I've had with this game. Yeah. But right now it's I mean this is like this we're on a honeymoon in Bermuda. If that makes any yeah. sense. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Who knew, who knew just, you know, chucking Levski back in Knicks and dropping the player count by 10 would have such an impact. A hundred percent. And, and you know what? 40 or 50, 
I'm not sure right now it makes that big of a difference. If we don't have server mashing and everybody's together, I mean, 10 players, if like we would have had a giant org, like literally we occupy the whole server plus, it maybe would make a difference. But since, you know, with us, at the most we have is about 20 players. I mean, this is perfect. Mm. It's great. Um, Chekhov, what, uh, what have you been up to this past week? Uh, besides crashing to the desktop. Um, yeah, which is <laughs> exciting, I know. <laughs> well, uh, a little mining, uh, shoveling snow in real life. So didn't have a lot of chance to play. And, you know, we got plenty of that here. Uh, I did just, uh, you know, since the patch, you know, lost a bunch of loadouts. So trying to, as we speak, trying to get them all back. Uh, that's it. Got a, little, a, a bit of a taste of the Xeno threat. But you could probably mm-hmm. talk a little bit more to that because I was only involved like in the very last leg of it, so I can't really speak to it yet. So that's, okay. yeah, nothing too exciting. Yeah, um, I've been doing um, pretty much Xeno Threat, so um, it's been fun. First of all, it's been lucrative. Um, I think I made last night over. Over two hundred thousand alpha UEC, wow. um, maybe even more than that. Who knows? Because I'm not doing a good job of paying attention. I should like screen capture uh, how much I have when I start the the night. Um, but then, you know, I thought it was interesting because the way they tested the the event, you know, in PTU was condensed right so it was just like hours and hours and you know you went from one phase to another but the way they've executed it is actually different it's over Mm. you know a week or so's time so we're still in phase two of the event um but i have to say it's been enjoyable like i've been doing it every time i log on and i'm still not like I'm not bored of it. I don't find it tedious um, because sometimes I will focus more on moving the boxes and clearing those. And other times I'll focus more on defending the people moving the boxes or going back and defending um, Mm. Jericho station. So it's been interesting. But you say like you do it every time you log on, like how do you get it? I'm on. It's not announced to me. Like, uh, let me see if I have the mission available. Is it because you've done it already? So no, you have it and I don't? No, it shows up as a priority mission. Oh, I thought the... And you just got to accept it. I thought the girl speaks to you. Sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. Oh, I got you. So I didn't even look. So it's always in, uh, it's always in your mission? Oh, that's planner. right. There is a Xeno yeah. uh, threat right now. I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, okay, cool. So how, how how does that work? You just uh, you accept the mission and you're going to be getting paid no matter what, right? Um, you have to be somewhat close to it. I think you have to be like sort of um, at least Port Tressler or Mick L1. Okay. If you're not close to it, it won't give you any mission rewards. And it... It's really interesting too. Be, the closer you are to the action, the, the the faster you get the rewards too. So like, if you're engaging in combat while the Idris is striking the javelin, 
then every couple of seconds you're getting 2,500. So, so when you say alpha UEC in combat, is it not necessarily with Idris or the Javelin, just in combat with anyone? No, no. So what happens is during phase two, there are two things that happen. Well, three technically. There's the wreck sites that you're trying to offload the resources to restock the Javelin. And there's the three different cargo types that, you know, have different properties to them. And there's several of those. And so while you're unloading, occasionally Xenothreat will um, will warp in and start attacking. So you kind of have to guard people there. Um, then you'll also get an announcement from Commander Dooley or Captain Dooley, whatever her name is, uh, saying... Um, there's an Idris inbound to Jericho Station. We need we need support, and so you fly back to Jericho Station, and there's a ton of Xenothreat ships that you have to destroy, and then you have to attack the Idris, and then it will uh, quantum out. Okay. Um, so this is all sort of like it just keeps happening in cycles like that, um, and then eventually it'll lead to you know combat what i don't know is what's what was phase one if we're in phase two now i don't know yeah. what phase one was uh, that's what i was gonna say well what what was phase one that's where... so phase one i believe was just preparing and we all kind of just did that our own ways but you know it was only a few days um before the actual event started where you could log on to three twelve one. And all you could do, uh, a lot of the main missions were gone. Like, I, I believe the 890 mission was gone. And uh, all you could really do is, you know, go to shops and prepare. Uh, no, I think the 890 was still there because we were doing the 890 mission um, during phase. If that was phase one, I do know, like, they wanted you to check in with Dooley and all that stuff. But I just don't. I'll have to read up on it. I'm a little confused I can't remember. as to what phase one was. Were we receiving threats from Xenothreat at that time? I think maybe we were. And it maybe I mean, it was technically we've threat. been receiving threats for a year. Yeah, that's <laughs> More true. than a year. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what that sound was at um, right, for Alasar way back when. Yeah. So it's been interesting that they've been teasing that. Um so we, we do have a lot of content this week, um, as much as I want to talk about Xenothreat more, and we could certainly, it, it sort of touches on that um, in a lot of the content sections this week. Um, but, you know, let's talk a little bit more about uh, sort of news in the verse. Um, so for starters, I, ISC was uh, gave us a good look into what they needed to do in order to bring capital ship combat into the game. So... You know, they talked a lot about, as we've heard n numerous times already, all the balancing that they needed to do. But they also needed to add a few new AI behaviors. So um, mostly with turrets. So you'll notice, and I think those of us who've played the mission would notice this too, that the AI turrets are a lot smarter than they used to be. And now they prior prioritize things like attacking bombers, attacking your torpedoes. Um, and also the addition of the railgun with the Idris mm -hmm. 
really you can see the Idris focusing its nose on any larger targets, right? So it keeps trying to point its nose at larger targets. And then I guess we'll see this with phase three, um, but the javelin itself is more focused on broadsiding um, the enemies mm-hmm. so that they can have as many guns on the target as possible. So that's that's the content of the first half of ISC. And then the second half was all about the uh, signed distance field shields, um, yep. which we can see on the capital ships already. Um, and that's sort of like the test bed, which also enabled them to be a little bit more balanced since there's no more shield holes for them. Um, but they showed sort of how they could change some of the parameters, how closely they can make the shields, um, and how eventually, you know, if you lose pieces of the ship, the shield will cover that spot so it's not a hole anymore. Um, and sort of all the sort of art that went into the different layers and color effects that they have. Uh, but once they, they're going to roll sign distance field um, shields out to the rest of the ships, then they'll start to focus on different variations based on manufacturer and, and some of the alien ships that are out there. So pretty exciting. Um, Zach, did you get a chance to watch Inside Star Citizen this week? Yeah, I did. Uh, let me take one break to go to the bathroom and I'll answer that question. Yeah. If you could ask it once more time. Actually, yeah, yeah, check off. Why don't right? you... Yeah. Uh, you know, what I found was really cool is that the, you know, the visuals, right? So now mm-hmm. you can actually see the damage you're doing as the color is changing in each second, yeah. which now you really can because, like, I'm a lot of times when I'm really into the dogfight, I'm not even looking at my heart. I'm just focused on the ship itself. So mm-hmm. whatever, whatever is I could see on the ships, like, some, I don't even know how much damage I'm doing sometimes, you know, depending. Like, if you're fighting three, four ships at the same time, you know, and switching back and forth, I, I honestly don't even have time for the HUD. So I wish they would put more visuals on the target itself. So yeah. This is kind of a, a step in that direction, which is very cool. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, funny enough, I'm, I'm at the Xenothreat mission right now. Oh, yeah. I am under attack by <laughs> by Xenothreat. They're, they're atta- the ships are attacking Jericho Station. So so wait, so is, if you guys are going to finish the mission, then it'll disappear from me, right, for a while? No, it's, it's pretty consistent. Oh, it continues. Okay. Yeah. It's really hard to restock the, the Javelin. It takes a long time. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but I agree. It the the shields also look really cool. You know, it was funny. Um, who was it? One of my favorite YouTubers, um, Super Mac Brothers, actually said he doesn't like the new shield, not the design per se, but he doesn't like that they show. Um, oops, he doesn't like. I just crashed into one of the ships. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can't do podcasts in a Xeno threat. He, he, he was saying, yeah, exactly. He was saying he doesn't like the fact that they sort of display where the shields are weaker. Right. Well, Because he doesn't want people to know that. He doesn't want it to be easier. So, I mean, I don't disagree, but I don't necessarily agree either. I love.
Yeah, I like the visuals, whatever makes it more immersive. Uh, almost sounded like we lost your audio, Geeky. But yeah, I think we kind of did. So I'm going to yeah. take this. It's you you and me, Zach. So uh, maybe we could talk about the inside Star Citizen while we're waiting for him to come back. Am I back? You are back. You're oh, back. Good. All right. Well, Zach, I, I think uh, it's your turn to, to put in your two cents around ISC anyhow. So with the sign distance field, uh, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of experience with it because it was just in the kind of the PU for a little while. But I'm really excited about this kind of thing because anytime uh, you take a concept and you start folding on it and making it more real, I think that's the biggest difference between mediocre sci-fi and sci-fi that I'm actually interested in because yeah. it's it makes things more tangible and real and I just can't uh, the thing with you know like this regular sci-fi channel there's only so many shows that I can watch and actually get into because it's just got to be tangible for me anyways so the, what I get a, a real appreciation from the sign distance field is it's just making things more tangible, which is, I think is awesome. We yeah. need to keep going that way. Yeah. I mean, once you, whenever you systematize things too, like that, you know, I mean, first we saw it and they mentioned this sort of in the, in the episode too, but first we saw it in the reentry effects Right. And it was hugging our ship and it just made it look so much more realistic and just cooler. Um, and now with the shields, it's going to be so much better. But even so, like the shield effects that we have now, it's all sort of fate. But going forward, it's not going to be like the shield will have certain effects on the projectiles, just like eventually the armor on our ships will have different responses to the projectiles. Um, so you know, it's just an example of how I feel like while they're taking plenty of time doing this, they're systematizing a lot and creating a real sort of simulation. Um, so that was ISC. Let me just get out of harm's way for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, so with Star Citizen Live, that was with the weapon props team. And, um, you know, they talked a lot about different types of props. They answered tons of questions, um, including, you know, they mentioned that there's two medical props that they're working on right now. One, one, I think you've seen in some of the materials is a, um, multi-tool attachment. And then the other ones, the Cura Life, you know, dedicated medical tool. Just um, more steps to that. Um multiplayer uh, fps gameplay you know <laughs> exactly i almost feel like they might be waiting for something like that for um theaters of war yes um, i think that's where that, a lot of this stems from but sorry. yeah <laughs> oh no that's okay don't be sorry um and then they also talked about how they're gonna bring the same tech um that they're going to be implementing with ships uh the wear and tear on the ships to the yep. actual 
um, weaponry. Same with the paint system. Um, yep. You know, they're going to have that really. Um, well, bullet holes are going to be part of Chekhov's paint, away. regular paint. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's, exactly. you know, two for two for, for Chekhov. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I love the bullet holes that a sniper rifle believes. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't he'll we probably be planting those on himself <laughs> hey. yeah um they did also mention that they have plans to add alien weapons but so far they've been manu- they've been focused on manufacturers that are more military in style makes sense squadron 42 you know um they're not going to be having any crazy me- melee weapons that are like oversized chainsaws or anything like that um, oh, bummer yeah, but I mean, Titan suits seem like crazy melee style things. So, although <laughs> they still have projectiles, um, the fire extinguishers are pr- pretty close to complete um, and will be part of firefighting gameplay. Um, they didn't confirm or deny whether or not flamethrowers would be a thing, but they're not in the current short-term plans. Um, and also, you know, people were asking about, you know, wooden stocks or leather and incorporating the weapons. And the team said that's just not been what the manufacturer style guides have been calling for. But they're definitely um, thinking about different materials other than just, you know, some of the standard ones that they have. So that was uh, Star Citizen Live. Uh, Zach, was, did you have an opportunity to check that one out, too? Yeah, I did. I saw that. And, yeah, just touching on that you know wood and leather man that's gonna be like you know in runescape you had the (laughs) it was just such a linear thing you're everybody's going for the ultimate armor you know i wonder Mm -hmm. in the future like uh with this game if you have uh a weapon with a leather strap on it or a piece of wood if that is going to be like legendary status, because, you know, it makes sense. These type of materials are going to be what is scarce and what just can absolutely not be replicated on, on, on a, a, such a defined scale, you know, like yeah. you, you it, can pr- 3d print all kinds of things, but like, you just can't get that kind of grain and leather type of feel out of regular stuff, you know, <laughs> They did mention that, that it's sort of like, you know, it'll be very special manufacturers or like, um, you know, sort of like in locations that might be, you know, you might not see them every day. Um, so, yeah, that that should be cool. That'll be super cool. Super cool. Any kind of options to make make it more personalized. It's gonna mm-hmm. give uh, it's gonna give this game a whole lot of character. I think things like this should be a priority. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, particularly after they get some of the major hurdles done, um, and once they have the squadron sort of in a good place, it's a good focus for them to have. Did Check you understand off. what they um, meant when they said that your weapons? would be easily recovered based on your reputation. I didn't really get that one. Remember when they talked about that? Uh, Yeah, they mentioned, I don't know if it was 
have anything to do with persistence, but something to do with uh, your uh, the weapons that you lose in game when you're when you're a subscriber. So they're gonna have these stations supposedly where you can recover those weapons. Again, I'm not a subscriber, so I don't know how that works. I don't know if you guys actually lose weapons. I, I mean, I sometimes do, but not really. Yeah, so I guess it's so really an sure. issue. Yeah, so I, I think they'll find a way. I, I think they said something, didn't they? I can't remember who said it, but they said something to the effect of because of the reputation, most of the weapons that we get based on like subscriber exclusives are more like skins anyway. So since they're trying to unify the system to behave very similarly to the paint system with vehicles, I I think what they mean is like, it shouldn't be too hard to just Mm -hmm. buy the normal weapon in game and then get the exclusive. Right. right, With the the skins. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I just, I really hope they make it, extremely difficult what's that Zach? for that kind of thing i i really hope they turn the difficulty scale up mm, probably will uh, they'll probably have varying levels i i just hope they find a way to make it so that you you can't just you know like the van Duel helmet just you know stand in a conga line of death exactly to get it exactly I, I want it to be ref- granted like whatever people are going to do whatever they can to get what they want um but i just would prefer it be reflective of somebody's actual skill versus their desire to get something yeah and it i mean it shouldn't be hard right you can combine a you know missions together obviously like this event complete stage 1 complete stage 2 complete stage 3 that requires as uh, you know, at least a littlest bit of dedication, right? Yeah. But think about what what this game is really all about. They're they're trying to create a real realistic simulator, right? With all the attributes that exist in the real world. That means you can't always put safeguards. Look, you you could rob a bank and get away with it in the real world. You could mm-hmm. you know kill somebody and get away with it. So are they always yeah. going to be exploits? There will be. There's no way to prevent it in a game like Star Citizen because of what they're trying to achieve. That's that's what I'm thinking. So, oh, sure. You know, you always got to make it like like Zach said. Like for instance, um, the Xenothreat mission. Wouldn't it be cool if people got some sort of um, medal or? you know, some sort of thing, especially as, you know, there'll be more opportunities to add flair to what you're wearing, a medal or something like that, or some sort of flair to add to a jacket or like formal wear. Um, I hope so. Cool. Oh, patches. That would be cool. Yeah, that that was a good idea right there. Yeah. Then you could be like, they they have the uniforms. Uh, the Navy uniforms, you know, yeah, something simple like that. Little patches that's an awesome idea, I think. I agree. <laughs> um, so 
I don't know what I was going to say. But yeah, it was an interesting uh, Star Citizen live. Um, Not as interesting as some of the others, but definitely, you know, not like a concept, this thing that that we get to watch and be bored with. Um, This week, I'm really excited to see this week's Inside Star Citizen, which is going to focus on docking as well as have another sprint report. Those have been really good. Um, and then the Star Citizen Live is going to be a Q&A as a follow-up to the capital ship inside Star Citizen we had last week so people can ask questions to the team. Um, not crazy exciting since we've been talking about the capital ship stuff for a while, but it should be at least interesting and, and informative, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll shed some new insights that we don't know yet. Who um, I, I just want to know who turned on the spigot. It seems like with content, it's been like a slow drip for steady four years. And mm. the past month, two months, I mean, it, it's just a lot. Uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of um, building in the ability to deliver the content, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, this is only the tip of the iceberg. They're going to get, it's going to get more interesting. And after Tony Z's thing, the week before when, cause I didn't really play the Xeno threat missions until it was in PU. Like considering, considering it's, they're not overly complicated. Um, True. They're really fun. It's a really fun event. Right. And I think they purposely made being, it's one of the first ones, not, yeah. not make it complicated. Right. Yeah, they went simple. You can tell it's a test dummy, though. Oh, of course. It just like reeks everything of it. that they do. But it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and um, we'll talk a little bit more about this in a second, but they plan on getting feedback from the community as well. Um, so also this week, in addition to the uh, Q&A on Friday and ISC, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we actually are going to get an AMA with the vehicle experience team. Mm-hmm. So that should be really interesting. I always love hearing from them. Granted, it's all in chat instead of um, videos, but that should be fun. I imagine uh, we'll be talking about the Tonk. Oh, probably. I would imagine we're, we'll be talking about quite a bit. Um, hopefully it's also around some of the mechanics, like for instance, maybe they'll talk about salvage tier one and, and what that means for, you know, ship based salvage. Um, we also tomorrow, tomorrow's a a jam packed day, have a roadmap update coming tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll be seeing another update to the roadmap. Super exciting. I've been liking the roadmap updates so far. Uh, Zach, what are you hoping to see happen tomorrow when it comes to the roadmap? Oh, I just want these guys to keep it up. I mean, like I said before, it's this past month, month and a half, has just been like somebody's turned on the spigot. But mm. I, I, I can't. I just can't bet all my ducks at this point. You know, there's certain friends out there who I've I've known for a long time. I, at some point, I'm going to approach them with this spiel over this game, and I haven't been prepared to do that. And lately, with 
the reliability of these servers, I've been considering it. But I'm going to have to sleep on it because with this game, you know, you can see a lot of good and then it can all flip backwards. So yeah. I would say what what I'm most excited about is just having a little bit of reliability. Yeah, I would wait till server meshing to tell your friends, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've been expecting that. But the, this this patch has just got me ecstatic. Excited. Yeah. I yeah. has anyone had a 30k? No, I've 30k once right. so far. Once, yeah. I, I don't. I haven't had a 30 30k since uh, Monday. No, before that, almost a week. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's. It reminds me of pre like reminds me of like 3.8 or like 3.7. Three point seven was the last time where I like people be like, I got a thirty k. I'm like, I'm like, what's a thirty k? I've never had a thirty k. Wow. Yeah, you know something. I when I started uh, just playing and everybody was saying thirty k, I had no clue what they were talking about because I in three eight I did not experience it. Yeah, it Uh, really felt now people do it like it's a joke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. they say 30k because they want to get their buddy into the server and everybody knows it's what they're doing it's yeah. we're, we're all on the same boat here you know yeah. and it's right now it's all those tried and true folks that have stuck around through the 30ks but it's not gonna stay like that I guarantee you. See, this is a double-edged sword, fellas. Because mm-hmm. as soon as this game becomes reliable, we're going to see a lot of the trash that we see in other video games. Right. Well, you're going to see first. gamers. Right now, we, we don't have gamers. We have early adapters that uh, believe in the project foremost and just really fascinated to the possibilities of where this thing may go. When I agree with you, when you when we get true game, it's a filter. Yeah, wait. We think that griefing right now and piracy is a problem. That it was going to really become a a problem, but but it should be. It should be a should be. I agree. But it but it has to be a true missions associated with it and the game loop that's built into the game. Yeah, well, it'll be a balance of risk and reward at the end of the day. Right. Right. Um. Oh, go ahead, Chekhov. Sorry. No, no, that's why I said we were talking. Zach was talking about inviting his friends. I said, yeah, I don't think this is yet for mainstream or the true gamers. Like, I know, like, some of the, you know, guys that I know, that they would not have patience for this. You know, one day they up and they're, they're out. Oh, my God. I know that guy. I know that guy. Right? Or, you know, well, we, we, we have them actually as a part of our org, too, some of them. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but the pers- well, and also persistency, right? You know, the, the whole concept of grinding, grinding, and investing time. For some people, time is the same as money, and then losing it all to, well, uh, I would say, again, it's expected because we know they're going to wipe. So we know what we're in for. But well, it's not for everybody, though. It's good to have a leader like Seaguard 
because Seaguard is getting us ready for this. And this is what Seaguard keeps telling us is the more organized we are, the better we're going to be able to adapt when we do see this huge influx of griefers. And that that day might be coming up. I mean, February 15th, I think, is becoming uh, or is uh, our next free fly event, which I'm kind of excited for. Is 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 it February fifteenth, really? I think so. But again, you know, maybe we see a whole big influx of griefers. Maybe it becomes more difficult to uh, do the event. Geeky, are you still there? Yeah, we keep. I think he keeps on losing his audio. Uh, maybe it's this. I don't know what it is. You hear me now? Yes. Yeah. If for some reason my microphone cuts out every once in a while, I think it's just because I'm playing the game and my shadow's like, please stop with all this. <laughs> um, but um, what was I going to say? What, what was I saying all silenced? I can't recall. Um, I, I said yeah. I was uh, uh, excited for February 15th. Yeah, the free flight. Yep. It's oh, in my so, show notes as well. Oh, so and then I also brought up Seaguard's uh, organization lately, which has yeah. been pretty cool. Well, I definitely think as an org, eventually the way we want to roll is make sure that we have sort of like standard practices on like ship defense and have like, it would be helpful if we could, really understand what roles will be on ships like for instance as as a captain of a carrick you know just my favorite ship <laughs> i'm really interested in knowing how this different station gameplay is going to work and if for instance like right now all the stations can do everything but will certain stations only be allowed to do certain things in the future i think so um because like I picture depending on who you need in combat situations, which stations are going to be running to go to turrets and who's, where's the engineer going to sit on the bridge? Because if you look at the bridge, it has five seats plus the sort of like command station. Um, and I, I picture captain at the command station, pilot beneath the captain what are the other seats? Is one person a comms officer down there and the other person's a um, a co-pilot? Maybe they're managing shields. Then what are the upstairs stations doing? And then when we're under duress, who goes where? You know, 100%. There, there's so many seats. And then These also like... We, get, we have, have so many seats. They all, I suppose, should have a purpose in the future. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and then, that's only if you, at the same time, if you can have NPCs men because you can't always rely on the real players, right? Yes. Because, yep. you know, that's just difficult, you know? Well, it'll be the combination of the of the two, probably, because, you know, there's a reason why they have minimum crew requirements. If a Carrick is under attack, they have pretty strong shields, well, I mean, I'd only worry about probably capital class 
um, ships and then larger ships or just a small fleet, you know, or a small attack group being able to, to, you know, knock it out before you can escape. But, you know, what's the minimum crew look like? Well, it's four. So you already have a pilot. That means that with a, with the minimum crew, you can only man three turrets out of four. Um, Right. And then that only leaves two more people. Um, if you have a full crew, that's one more turret for fully manned turrets and an engineer. Oh, right, right. So, you know, so, someone may be an engineer and the medical officer. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not going to have a dedicated medical officer. And I don't believe in that. I don't think it will make sense to have a crew where, like, everyone keeps going, oh, well, there'll be quote unquote crew sleeping while there's crew awake. So, you know, you'll share beds. No, I don't believe in that's going to work because it's not like we can dictate when someone comes back in the game. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I think there will always be an option between real player and and, and NPC. Uh, You should mm -hmm. be able to go out in the largest capital ship, just you and the rest are NPCs. You know, it should be again because uh, you you should not be held hostage to making sure you have real players with you. It's just not not realistic. You may yeah. not always accomplish that. Yeah, you'll probably benefit more. It'll be more fun if you crew with real people. But the you know AI is AI. You know, still it's going to be pretty predictable. But, what a, yeah. what a wild concept! Like I better log on to check on old Dale. The NPC man, I hope he didn't, you know, spill coffee all over the flight yeah. controls, or <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, yeah, like, yeah, you can make it fun. Listen, AI is pretty complex these days, right? So, yes, yeah, I I could have a lot of fun with AI. When yeah. when this game gets to that point, imagine the memes. Just imagine yeah. the memes for a second. Well, you know, you've got a bunch of NPCs. They're, you know, they're on your clock. Like, and these guys, I, I imagine, will be at their inception, will not be the smartest. I mean, a bunch of oafs. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. Well, yeah. Let's think about the timing of this. So we're we're talking about being able to finish all the components in the game first, right? Server meshing has to be in. By the time we get to that stage, I think we're like halfway into beta, if not almost at full release. So we're, we're talking about four to five years from now. At that point, AI is going to be very, very much sophisticated. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of what's holding holding the AI back now is the server because they do have more complex behaviors that they've been able to create that they just haven't implemented because the server lags from AI behavior. I wouldn't be shocked if we look around and see less AI across the different landing zones right now, too. Mm-hmm. I um, hope this 40-player cap is a real catalyst to what these servers are actually capable of. I mean, this yeah. this has to be a real big slap in the face to them because, you know, it's it's possible to make this work. Let's do it, you know? It, I'm sure server meshing is is a real priority at this point. Oh yeah. I mean the, the, if it, the, the good part is I think they're out of the theoretical phase of server meshing. 
right? And into yeah. the now it's just getting all the back end code that touches everything working. Well, um, I just imagine it must have something to do with, you know, NVIDIA's whole idea where you can have a GPU communicate with like a CPU at the same time, you know, like uh, this, uh, this like total elimination of latency, I imagine would have to exist between servers. Actually, Zach, so it's just in, a crazy NVIDIA concept. is really a bad word to bring up right now. For me, <laughs> considering I cannot uninstall their drivers, simple as that, and simply install a new one. Oh, forget well, it. Well, hopefully yeah. they're not using that. Yeah, I but I mean, the just the whole framework that would have to come into play with to make that work is is really awesome. And I I hope if they if CIG does pull it off to make server meshing actually happen that it's not just uh, a story for us. I think that's a story for the world, you know, like this is something that nobody has had the reason to do because you can make, you can make money making, uh, you know, uh, uh, 2K, 2K21 can tell you right now that you can you can reproduce the same game over and over and over and still make tons of money and people will keep buying it. But right. these 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 people, these dedicated people who man, I every time I take my hats off to this, but they're doing something that's revolutionary and uh, it's it, I think it's before its time. Well, yeah. yeah, and it is. I mean, so server meshing is around, obviously. They're not the only ones with server meshing. But uh, it's what the, what else they're doing in conjunction with server meshing. Well, and how dynamic they want it to be. Yeah. Right. Well, um, you said drop something well, in, in the speaking wood. Speaking of 30K. Yeah, I know. As I'm about to drop off my thing to the refinery, of course. Oh, thank God it wasn't that big of a uh, Did it happen? Hole. It I don't know. Happened. I'm not in the game right now. It's, oh, it's it, it happened. Because... I stopped in midair. Oh, yours happened? Yeah, I can't refuel. Like... You guys aren't in Fish's game, though, huh? No. Oh, no, no. We're all on the same server. Yeah, we're all on the same oh, server. They're, and they're rock mining. So, there it goes. So their stuff is, yep, yeah. Thank you um, very much. But well, I, while we're 30 king, I'll use this as an opportunity to, to switch topics here. Um, there was a great post that actually is kind of exciting. And, you know, floodgates again, action, Zach. Um, <laughs> it's called February Frenzy. So first of all, they talked yeah. about Xeno Threat and the continuation of the dynamic event. Um, it's also another holiday in Star Citizen lore, Cora uh, yes. Moore, mm. which is essentially yep. Valentine's Day, but it's celebrated on the 11th. Mm. Um, check out the Galactopedia if you want more details on that, but it's essentially about someone who got trapped behind a, um, a jump point that essentially yeah, just fell apart. Before- just before I got on, um, I heard about this, and I'm gonna look into it. It's, it's sounds sort of really sad. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, um, and I guess there was a, a in lore movie about it and everything. Um, you know, they also said that they're gonna have a 312 post mortem this month at some point. 
Um, and then also the Red Festival, so another sort of holiday. This is, I think, to commemorate Chinese New Year's, essentially. It's the year of the ram. Um, yeah. And so there's going to be red envelopes hidden through major hubs throughout the verse. Oh, I saw that. That's um, cool. Yeah, it says <laughs> I'm sure Nick will be all over that. They just that. pulled this in, I think. Wasn't it oh, Nick that got all the uh, the Christmas <laughs> I did too. Was it Nick uh, or Seaguard that had like Seaguard, over a hundred thousand? Seaguard. It was Seaguard. Oh, yeah. same thing. Technically, got a lot Nick, of them. Yeah, a lot Techno of people did. did too. That's right. Um, but yeah, they said hunt them down to ensure good fortune as we look to celebrate the year of the Ramen game. Um, Wait, that, that's not that around now. Can not yet. Um, not yet. Not the year they... of the pad ram. Nobody get any ideas. <laughs> oh, I got the Zeno. I got the Zeno girl. Oh, good. They said that's not all, though. But you'll have to wait for the event to start oh, for more oh. details. Oh, oh, oh. So wait, wait. yeah. Never saw that coming. <laughs> um, and then there's also going to be a Zeno threat postmortem. They want our feedback on the event, what can be improved, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and then last but not least, they did post about a org um, event or a community event that they're um, excited about called uh, the Stanton 7 Racing League. So the qualifying round for the Stanton 7 Racing League will determine the 16 fastest teams in the verse which will then compete for the ultimate championship looking for a taste of the action check out the epic stanton 7 trailer and head over to their website for more details so you can find that all on robert space industries under the um february frenzy um but then just one note at the end of that section they said and more dot 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 Hmm. Very ominous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CIG never does anything like this, so we should all be super excited, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, we never get our expectations too high. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, uh, I'm guessing, I mean, what do you think it's going to be? What's the and more, Zach? What do you think? I think... There is going to be a heart-shaped dropship released. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Chekhov? What do you think? Oh, I, well, I don't think it's anything big. I think it's going to be like something minor. Right. I feel like it's probably going to be the 400i. Gets really? Oh, yeah. don't you have it all figured out? I personally think that's what it is. Um or some other concept. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe even something squadron related. Maybe a maybe a video or some kind of content. We haven't gotten much from that. It it ha- it really has been the year of Crusader so yeah. far. They might so maybe they would some balance Crusader something stuff. out with the four hundred I. But do yeah. you feel like twenty twenty one or twenty twenty was Origins here? Uh, no, I thought 2020 was sort of balanced. It was kind of. It was 2019 that was Origins year. Yeah, 2019 was very Origin heavy. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
And so now um, we kind of go through uh, Crusader and yeah, I'm really excited for Crusader is I mean, I just can't believe what they're what they're going to be doing. Yeah, I'd like to see like a true fighter. It would be cool. Um, yeah, when well, we know the Ares is coming out, that should be cool. Yeah. But um yeah, so that's it for what's happened this week. Chekhov, do you have any guesses as to what time it is? Oh, well, it has to be the time for science. It's time for science. I thought I'd let it play a little longer than I usually do. Yeah, I really enjoy <laughs> that too. I kind of like it. <laughs> it just sounds so like Doctor Who-ish. Science! Or like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It is exciting. <laughs> um, so, Zach, have you done uh, anything yes, in the name of science this past week? Oh, you know I have. <laughs> I was excited to come in here tonight because I would like to tell you that skiing is possible in Star Runner. Or uh, Star Citizen. Wow, you just... You just really? took the name of a ship and made it the game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, from the Star Runner, you can definitely ski with your multi-tool, which is so cool. And um, as a member of the Reed organization, I will share a piece of information that I have acquired from science, and that is eight mile er, meters a second is the perfect speed to ski off the back of any ship with the multi-tool. So I have some fun with that. I'm, I can't wait to see people cruising by me skiing off the back of like eight nineties and stuff or reclaimers. That would be a good one. Just try it for yourself. It's a good time. Sounds like it. Very interesting. What about you check off? Um, I was trying, really trying, but absolutely nothing. Nothing? I thought you said that. Oh, well, I mean, you had a hard time getting in game, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you you don't want to talk. I mean, I could start talking about the NVIDIA issue, but nobody wants to get bored. (laughs) That is science. It is. Oh, Electrical science. science. It's definitely science. Yeah, but, but but it is funny, you know. You know what's happening. Every time I try to update the driver, my computer shuts off. It just powers down. So supposedly it's something to do with the driver and the. It's a quantum drive. Voltage, the amount of voltage on your motherboard. It's a weird thing. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it's one complex piece of uh, machine, but that it, it is kind of fascinating how complex GPUs are and the drivers that go along with them. Because really, this is what it's all about. Without that, we have no Star Citizens. We could not even come close to 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 games like Star Citizen, right? If not, that's true. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that they took us there. That's that's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, I was talking to 
my daughter actually earlier. Um, so she was grounded from her phone and TV today because of whatever incident with homework and is it super bored you know no tv no phone no internet what what am i gonna do and she asked me what did you do when you were a kid well i went outside and you know played with my toys in the dirt and built like Uh bases and stuff well these little guys in our computer towers are like doing the work for me but yeah. I'm basically doing the same thing I've always been doing the whole time. And it's like I came up with this idea of fun when I was a child. And this little piece of electronic machinery is making it a real thing for me <laughs> that I can live in. It's like I never have to grow up, you know? Oh, awesome. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, been, <laughs> I've been playing games. Literally a, a little sandbox. My, my my whole life since I am I don't since I can remember probably all right so the first game what was it the the the, the ping pong whatever the you know the the pre no no I'm sorry the first one was on Commodore sixty four right, I'm really dating myself right when you had a black screen and you walk into the imaginary house right and you have yeah. to go to the house and you type you know straight right and then if you guess the right way, it would tell you, okay, you keep on moving or you hit the wall. So that was the, the first game part that I played. And then after that, you know, you got the Commodore games and the Ataris and so on and so on and so on. And I've never stopped because to me, as far as entertainment, you know, this, you know nothing beats games. I mean, m- movies is the second best thing, you know, yeah. big, big, like big screen. Uh, you know, but uh, still, games are number one. I mean, because of interaction. All thanks to our good friends, GPU. Yeah, it's all about it's all about in the GPU, and and crypto. And how about you know talk about GPU? How about Bitcoin? That's all GPU, also. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a basically an imaginary thing that like could someday control the world. Oh, yeah. Well, according to Elon Musk, it already is controlling the world. Crazy. You uh, know... We lost again, uh, Kiki. I have have that suspicion. I think so. And he's got all the questions. I mean, I can't go... Of course I do. Oh, 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 he's back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't do anything for science myself except try and keep Xenothread at bay. Yeah. So, um, are you going as, to invest in Bitcoin for science? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, no. I hate um, gambling. My investments will be in real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have some big plans this year. Very big plans. Um, real, real in that estate, man. Do yeah, it. that's right. That's right. Um, but anyway, as Chekhov pointed out, I do have the questions, and we have quite a few this week. Um, so for starters, why don't we um, – well, why don't we, we – we only have Discord questions this week. Uh, the first one is from Zake, and he Who's asks – Who's a new member. 
Yes. Congratulations, Zake. Yeah. yeah, there's a few actually um, who've asked questions. The show because he's very active with questions. He is. Yeah, we have some great. We've like got some great new members. Um, and his name sounds a lot like mine, so that's always cool. There you too, go. You know. There you go. Zach, <laughs> Zake, Zach, and Zake take right? the cake. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Next event. And they ate it without having to bake. <laughs> <laughs> it's mean. always cool to have Cody around too, you know. Yeah. Um so anyway, Zake asks, how do you imagine homestead gameplay? Um do you think we'll be able to do things beyond farming and resource gathering? Manufacturing and crafting possibly one day? Question <laughs> mark. Um what do you think, Zach? I think you've been playing way too much uh Skyrim. But yes, absolutely. Let's craft some stuff together. I mean, they they originally said that there wasn't going to be crafting in game, and then they've sort of reeled back on that a little bit. I feel like they've actually mm-hmm. uh, did a one eighty there. Yep. And it sounds like that might be a possibility. I think um, it's going to be more like salvage thing and bringing home kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, what I find out there, I could see that happening. I don't see a lot of crafting going on. Well, crafting is huge for us because that is where we're going to be making money as a uh, organization, right? Uh, well, it depends, right? If you think about it, if if we if we peel back and we figure out so so if you think about Reed originally, originally Reed was going to be pretty much focused on science and research and exploration and and discovery how about how about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) um how about that but um yeah what ended up happening outside the universe yeah what ended up happening is (laughs) as we were talking more and more about it and as we hear more and more about what science and exploration actually ends up being right it's gathering and finding data verifying data and we thought you know, do we want to be the org that finds the data and then sells the data to other orgs? Or do we want to be the org that finds the data and then uses the data to mine better locations, to salvage really interesting finds, to find things that you couldn't before? And so we quickly decided, okay, let's do the latter. And then as part of that, rather than contract out to a defense partner, Let's build in in house a team for defense, and sort of that, that's how the current iteration of Reed became about. Um, I would say I don't think it's going to be crafting in the in the sense that like we probably won't be putting different pieces together, but we may be able to have like automated manufacturing buildings at our location and we just have to bring the the minerals or resources to that in order to keep it moving um who knows but more likely you know i see farming mining um resource gathering research things like that being more related to homesteads refining we did we already saw refining as a thing the question will be do does it allow us to create an outpost that not only we utilize but we also charge for for our refining 
Um, I'm guessing it'll be the latter. What do you think, Chekhov? Um, you sort of started talking about it, and I chimed in. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's What's exactly that? kind of what I um, what what my thoughts were. It, yeah, it all depends. See, I I just don't know. See, I don't have honestly. Uh, I have uh, almost no experience playing uh, seriously playing uh, and developing an orc. I had very, very casual encounters in the past. Yeah. Well, no, I have to say not even casual, none. This is my true first orc that I'm involved in. So oh, wow. for me to say, like, what what rights will the orc have in games, like even looking back at other space games like EVE Online, is probably mm-hmm. will be a good one to really understand how orgs evolved there. And most likely, because org evolvement is a, sort of a social and community thing. I don't think the game developer is going to dictate that much. It's really what the community wants. So that's why I say looking at Eve, we will probably see what we're going to look like, you know, when we mature. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what that is. You may know what that is. Or maybe Zach knows if he played Eve. I I, I was not involved in the order there, so I wouldn't know. But, I uh, did a little bit, not, not a lot. Yeah, but what you said does make sense. But again, it's all it's all going to be driven by what CIG allows us as an org to do, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I think I think there's a lot of room to, and who knows? Like maybe version one of the game doesn't have very in depth crafting, but maybe it gets more sophisticated. I don't think that's their quote unquote MVP. Um, you know, their their beta slash release game. Um, but you know, they they'll be building on this game for years to come. So I would I wouldn't put it past them to do almost anything. Yeah. Um next question, and it's really a quintuple barreled question, I believe is from Canuck2099. And he uh, and he actually says, following up on Zig's question, how should homesteads be handled when a player's offline? Should it disappear like ships? Should it be 100% protected all the time by some hand wavium access control? Should it be partially protected by NPCs you can hire and passive security you need to build and maintain? Should it be raidable for other players who can find it and get in and completely clean you out? So I guess on the scale of highly accessible and rateable to, you know, Fort Knox, what do you think, uh, Zach? Uh, I think that there should be some kind of uh, protection when you're offline, definitely. Because if you think about how much, you know, people spend time and to kind of acquire these things, you know, it should be fairly persistent. Mm. Check off yeah. what do you think. So here I would draw a parallel to Seven Days to Die. Not, not that I play the game much, but that's like the zombie game. Mm-hmm. And that one, you know, it goes through these cycles where it's running 24-7 on or offline and they attack. So whether you're on or offline, and you do have to build your homestead there to protect it properly. 
So and and you're up against the clock. So I, I think it'll be uh, I I I think it'll be more exciting that it that it that you are affected on and offline, but not to the point where you know you're gonna spend a year building out your homestead and swipe. So there there has to be some kind of a you know uh, protection, but it's not really a protection. It's gonna be based on you. So like, would you you know leave a, a diamond bracelet? you know, in the kitchen when you still don't have a door in your house, that kind of thing, you know. So make sure you build a solid uh, sort of a protected uh, homestead and then you can have some valuables or whatever you're going to have in it, that kind of thing. Uh, or if it's empty, nobody's going to want it anyway. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a combination. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle of what Canuck said, where I think it's going to, largely depend on where in the verse the homestead is um, and what you've put into it. So I, certainly I think you can have automated defenses. They mentioned that being a thing. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to hire NPC security. And if it's in UEE space, you can feel pretty safe that it will be at least somewhat protected. Um I do think if you're planting it in pyro or something like that, you're probably in more danger. Um, But then the question also becomes, will it be uh, like, will there be a waypoint for others? Right. Will people know about its location? Um, Cause that'll matter greatly. You know, the chance that someone will stumble upon, a homestead in the middle of a moon or planet is pretty slim if there's no marker pinpointing it and you're f- far away from other civilization. You know, even at one sixth the scale, these locations are huge. Um, so there's sort of that too. But I do think like people will probably be able to hack into certain things they might be able to access like your data or something like that. So you may need to have some sort of NPC presence. Um, but I don't think they'll be able to like bombard it from space or from, you know, bomb it or who knows, maybe it'll incur some damage, but it won't be the whole thing. Maybe they can knock the power down or something like that. Um, I guess we'll see who knows. They, they may make it completely like seven days to die where it's like, you know, it's fully at the mercy of other players and you just have to be really careful, but you know, you, he's not far away and defense will come fast. Yeah. I don't know. It really is kind of an interesting question right now, especially yeah. when we have a bomber <laughs> with a giant bomb, uh, yeah. you know, coming up this year. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely something they're thinking about, you know, what if, what if, uh, our bases are, you know, something that can be destroyed down and then built back up depending on how, you know, how active you are. So, so maybe it's destroyed for now, but it's still, you still haven't lost the potential or, or the, the space. For I mean, it. you'll definitely get the, the land claim. That's for yeah. sure. But, you know, my worry would be if, if we, if we were holding commodities or cargo, for a period of time to wait for it to, you know, go back up in price on the market. Um, 
or even just supplies in general, especially for things like defense and such, you know, we're going to have to have places to store those. Um, right. And so, you know, so we don't, people it's kind of like it. that in game stuff that uh, stuff that you can, you can build up in game, you know, I think would make sense for something to be destructible or taken away or stolen. But as for the things that, you know, you actually spent real money on for the actual spot and everything in uh, the buildings and stuff, I think that should stay no matter what. Well, obviously. Yeah, I think they'll find <laughs> yeah. a balance for sure. Um, next question comes to us from Admiral Cody. Um, so Zach and Cody, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Would you like to it. see a ship with no weapon hard points, but has great shields and engines, similar to the J-Type 327 Nubian from Star Wars? I believe that's the the ships that are flown by the Naboo. What do you think, Zach? Would so like all, sh- ship all shield, no, weapon hard no gun? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I so let's talk more about the the Star Wars. So what kind what kind of race of Star Wars creature did you refer to? The Naboo. From the Naboo. Na- are are those yeah. the guys that live underwater? No, those are the Gungans who live those are Gungans. on Naboo. Like no, Jar, it's Jar Jar Binks and those guys. No, like Amadala. You know all the shiny. Because I remember ships. them being peaceful. Yeah. So like. On Naboo, they don't really have most of their ships have zero weapons. I mean, another good example would actually be the Firefly has no weapons, or not the Firefly. The Serenity has no weapons yeah. on it. Okay, so, so if you think about it, the whole concept of having a, a peaceful race, as 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 hard as it is for us to conceptualize that as humans, because of our ego. Not mm. every creature, uh, you know, that probably exists out there in reality, <laughs> as far as that goes, um, once has an ego like we do as humans. Mm. So you take that ego away, and really, guns are irrelevant and unnecessary. Yeah. What about you, Chekhov? Do you want to see a ship that's, you know, no fight, all run, all flight, uh, I guess? Being that this is a game and uh, I'm not too much into sort of saving the world, just having fun, the answer mm-hmm. would be no. Mm-hmm. I, would um, probably, I don't see a huge point to that. So Chekhov's a human. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wondered about that. <laughs> <laughs> we always question it. Oh, <laughs> Robo Chekhov. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I personally I, don't care either way. I I think like the best thing would be. I mean, I'm sure there's players out there who want that. So. For those players, like, sure, have it. Um, But, I mean, technically, 
we might be able to customize our hard points to not just be weapons, you know, down the road anyway. Oh man, I I love the whole idea of that. You know, the, people still play that the animal farm game or whatever. Yeah, people play well, that. That would be a true media ship, right? That's sort of governed yeah. by, you know, this way your media. You can't be, no one can shoot at you. But then why have shields? You don't need shields or weapons. Well, I think the whole idea is to be able to escape if someone is shooting at you. So, you know, Collateral. rather than, yeah, rather than get attacked, like be prepared to be attacked, but don't well, have to go on the offense. Yeah. Well, I, I, me, I guess our, our correspondents do wear bulletproof vests, but they don't wear guns. Speak lightly yeah. and carry a giant shield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, next we, we, question. We, we have a media ship in the game, right? Yeah, it's the um, the um, why can't I think of it? It's Cody loves the this ship not this yeah. not the media one but the uh, it's I, the, uh, I think fish just bought it uh something with an m cody's I a think. hippie it's the um why can't i think of the name i don't know but the question the, is there's the, the san the tan it's, it's the volkswagen van of ships oh okay. yeah yeah so the reliant <laughs> And it's the Reliant. Reliant that's, it, that's what it is. Mako, the, the Reliant Mako. That's it, Mako. Yeah, I thought it was within the something with an M, but yeah. it has guns, though, right? It has a couple of guns, but nothing. It's like pew pew pew, and then Yo, it has we, instead we of uh, guns, instead of a hard point with the uh, weapon on it, it actually has a camera. So, not that I can ask questions. But I just thought of a really cool, cool patchouli one. burners. That's what it has. Yeah. What? what <laughs> which? Which ship in Star Citizen reminds you the most? Has the most resemblance to a ship in uh, Expense? Reclaimer. No. No, it's not the Reclaimer. It's uh. I'll give you a hint. It's one of the Drake ships. Hmm. I think we lost Geeky again. Are you going after the Razorback? Because I feel like the Razorback was such a unique... No, no, no. I think it's the Caterpillar. No, no, it's not the Caterpillar. I mean, this is the exact... Hold on. I, you know, I'm, I'm not that good with ship names, but I'll pull it up right now just to tell you. Which one it is? It's the it's that awful looking bullet kind of thing. Oh, oh, you're talking about Harold. Harold. Yeah, that that does look like a um. That does look like something someone out in, you know, out in the ring or out in the belt would fly. Exactly. And and did you notice that? Which I don't understand. Looks like a giant Raptor Five engine. Yeah, they, they all fly backwards, though. Why do all ship and expense fly backwards? Oh, they don't fly backwards. They de- they 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 flip to decelerate. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Okay, flip so we all... yeah. yes. But usually, yeah. usually they sustain gravity inside of the ship by perpetually accelerating. 
which doesn't make any sense to me. But the time scale in that, the time scale is really important in that show, The Expanse, and the whole concept of their the warp drive or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. They just don't. They don't hit on it enough. It isn't fully explained because you know if you look at the ship um, in most of the cutscenes, it's almost always burning its thrusters when there's gravity inside of the ship. So they're well, getting gravity from perpetually accelerating, I suppose. No, they, fact, they, they don't get gravity from accelerating that much. Most of the it's mostly not gravity. They'll get a little bit, but for the most part, the reason why they're walking, you'll if you listen, you can yeah. hear their magnetic shoes, their magnetic oh, the boot clicking. So yeah. you hear click, click, click all the time yes. during the show. Yep, they they click them in and they click them out. Yep, that's true. I hope we have grav boots in Star Citizen. They said that there would be, but then they they. Dropped off the roadmap, so who knows? Um, anyway, moving on, uh, Jandal asks, how many repeats of the Xeno threat event um, did you find enjoyable? And if you reached a limit, did you continue doing it afterwards for generous payout? Um, Zach, how many repeats do you find enjoyable? Um, I, I only did the fighting part once, um, and I only did the cargo part once. Uh, so I haven't really tried it a second time. I can't really say, but I, th- I would, I would think that I would still have fun. I, I only, I have fun when the game doesn't crash. Anytime the game's not crashing, I'm having fun. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. Um, I've done, played it three time, three days now, um, and I haven't reached my limit of enjoyment. I think also it's it keeps changing a little bit because i like i said i'll i'll play the role of someone who's trying to um move the containers back and forth um also it's really fun because people on the server are like like people there are people who stay on the starfarers and will just empty the containers and put them at the edge so that other players can grab them and put them on their ships which i think is really cool the the teamwork I think as the game becomes more accessible to people, we're going to start to see less and less of that. I... Who knows? I guess we'll, we will see that, won't we? Um, and Chekhov, you, you really haven't yeah, play, played, played, right? So I really enjoyed collecting the the rewards though as I'm riding in the elevator all I saw is like 5000 5000 two and a half two and a half I was yeah. like whoa what yeah. is going on yeah it's very high payouts um next question comes to us from raven 0830 or 830 um and he asks what's your favorite outpost or loca- or location within the stanton system Zach, what's your favorite location in Stanton? So far, definitely Microtech. I I like the fleshed out look of the that planet. A hundred percent agree with you. Um, Chekhov, what about you? Yeah, it, well, okay. So f- favorite, just from aesthetic standpoint, I agree with you. It is Microtech. 
but I don't spend too much time there because most of the action is around Hurston. So that's where I tend to spend all my time. But yeah, I like to just come out there because it is the most flushed out. It's got all the latest bells and whistles. Yeah, I I I really love Orison. And not Orson. <laughs> I'm thinking of Orison now because I'm like, I can't wait for Orison. And I, I think that will be my favorite. Um, but I really love Microtech. And um, I think New Babbage is really awesome. Yep. And, you know, I hope they continue to flesh out those locations because they all seem like they have additional content that can be added. So hopefully they'll continue to refine that. Um, Raven also asks... How do you envision further Xenothreat missions playing out? Specific location possibilities, parameters? And I think he means if they do either... I'm, I'm venturing a guess that he means if they do other Xenothreat missions, like dynamic missions down the road, or maybe even um, other dynamic missions not Xenothreat oriented. What do you think, Zach? I I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Xeno throughout. I think they're going to become kind of like a part of your daily life when you're traveling about. Yeah. I mean, especially because their home is Pyro. So it feels like this is actually gearing us up for Pyro anyway. Yep. What about you, Chekhov? Yeah, I think we talked about it last time. There's going to be, I think, the type of you know dynamic uh, gameplay around mining and, you know, uh, everything, not, not only just, uh, yeah. right, right now it's just, uh, dog fighting and, what, and hauling. So yeah, they could probably yeah. bring a few more components. I could see them taking the missions into pyro once pyro's launched too, like Xeno threat sure. specific. Uh, and who knows, maybe they'll try to assassinate the new, um, Imperator or something, you know, Stanton's just their first strike. Speaking of the yeah, Xeno, is it going to last the whole patch? Um, we don't know because because once you've once it's once the event's done, it's done. So we're in phase oh. two, but phase three is bound to start oh, sometime this week. So I better go. Experience. Yeah, do it while you can. All right. Well, I'm buying my attrition guns right now. There you go. Um. Our final question comes to us from Brillo Cubis, and he asks, do you consider the players killing players who are trying to compete or complete the Xenothreat mission trolls or just people trying to PvP? Zach, what do you think? I think they're definitely just people trying to get um, a little bit more content out of the game as is. Uh, I think, you know, people trying to do that kind of stuff definitely have their place. And I'm almost I'm almost just appreciative that they're here right now, because like I keep referring to, there's just this huge filter right now. Like uh, we're not seeing the entire dynamic of the universe that we're going to be in in four years. So I'm glad they're here and I think they have a purpose. Sure. Um, Chekhov, what about you? Well, they're always going to be griefers and trolls if, unless there's a reward for doing it, right? So 
right now, you know, it's, you know, piracy does not have a game loop, so they're not rewarded. So they're just griefing. Uh, I, yeah, I just like the, you know, the challenge of it. It kind of gets your sort of heart rate up, but so it is fun. So I agree with Zach. I mean, I like having them around. Yeah, I I would say I would say they are PVP people, you know, but there's a element of trolling to it. But once again, I agree with you. It's not like we have the loops in game yet to allow for true piracy, right? So piracy is still piracy light and until that happens, it's not quite reinforced and and also like those types of behaviors will be a lot harder to do in certain circumstances in the future. Um, mm. But they'll be easier in others. So, you know, that risk versus reward isn't there a hundred percent yet. And, you know, if you're, if you're role playing as a pirate, then I get it, you know, long-term, maybe they'll be able to work with Xenothreat or whoever the mission is with. Um, but right now they're not allowed to choose sides. So they're just sort of doing it anyway. Um, so that's it for our questions. If you have any questions, um, for next week's episode, you can submit them by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could direct message our Twitter handle at readcastsc. Um, you could submit a message through anchor. It's a nice voice message. Uh, so you can have nice smooth tones. You could also do it in ASMR if you have any questions. Um, and last but not least, you could join and engage on our Readcast Discord. Um, links for those are all below. Um, if you are looking for a crew to explore the verse with, you know, maybe you want to join that Carrick that I have, um, be on one of those seats on the bridge, um, you know, take a look at Read. We are respectful, law-abiding. It stands for Research and Engineering through Exploration and Discovery. We also have a number of content creators within the organization. Um, so don't forget to watch Earth's videos on YouTube. He has some really great content, um, as well as you can listen to the music. Um, much like what's in our episode currently, um, that uh, Admiral Cody and Calibri have been creating. Really great stuff. Links are below. And that wraps up another episode of Readcast. Action Zach, it's been amazing having you with us tonight. Thanks so much for joining Thanks. us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Zach. Um, and thank you, fellow citizens, for listening. We will see you next week.